Well, well, well. You guys have got yourselves into a bit of a pickle, haven't you? I guess the worst of the five of you is Eckhart, who's currently had a heart attack. Oh, that's right. Yes. He's lying, like, inert on the ground. He didn't die. I mean, it was a massive coronary induced by Agnes Esterhazy in her limousine. Her ghostly, well, flickering black and white form reached out and basically just stopped his heart, and he fell to the ground. Safina, using her rake, which she always carries with her, punctured the tyre. You actually did manage to puncture the tyre, I seem to recall, of Esterhazy's limo, so that probably is going to impede any escape. Yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, slow it down slightly. <laughs> it's got a really slow puncture from like three little rake holes. Well, no, that would cause a blowout. If you punctured it at all, it would immediately rupture. If you puncture it from the outside of a tire, yeah. It would. Really? The outside. Part, yeah. And they were old. They probably didn't have inner tubes, those old style tires, did they? Well, no, they or did. They? did. Old did tubes, they? Old, yeah, new ones don't. They have like hard wall pressurized thing. Okay, right. Yeah, it would. If there's like a balloon in there, so yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, we'll have to. Maybe we can look at the physics of puncturing an old-fashioned tire with a rake afterwards. We get down on the ground, just unscrew the cap with the with the air in. Yeah, make sure you push down the little metal nipple so the air actually comes out. Get out your pen knife. That was Eckhart Safina. Anne-Marie, I believe you pushed the director off the stage, didn't you? I did. I pushed the director off the stage. I tried to escape, but one guy got me and held my hands right at my gun so I could shoot him in the groin. But I haven't done that yet. Oh, you haven't done yeah. it yet. You're about to. Well, I said I was going to, but it wasn't my turn. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're up on the plinth or the pediment of the Kaiser Wilhelm Turm where Baron Grunau, who actually I, I should have described him to you a bit more because I don't think I described him fully. He was wearing what looks like bishop's robes, but not with crosses on them, with weird symbols on them. And he was holding a crozier, you know, those bishop's rods with the thing at the top but the tip rather than being a cross and a ball as they normally are was a triple-headed goddess fairly predictably now i will allow anne-marie as she's closest to make a cthulhu mythos role in a minute to see whether she can identify any of this stuff but he's come up onto the plinth alongside you pretty much just at the moment when max had set off the first smoke bomb which was next to the camera that was pointed directly at the stage. I was near the truck. I put a smoke bomb in the back of a truck, and my plan was to light that, alert the driver, tell him his truck's on fire, knock him out. Nothing as simple as actually just lighting. <laughs> so you've planted it. It hasn't gone off yet. Okay, it hasn't gone off yet. Amory, you've seen all this. I think probably you're the only one that's seen this, because Katorian had had a panic attack. I saw Esther Hazy, and so it did the one point of, which was the one that pushed me over the threshold. So now you're indefinitely insane. But what you did is you, you immediately ran back to your car for, I think it was only for one yes. round. You are obviously very shaken, and you are still indefinitely insane, but you aren't having a bout of madness, but you're very fragile. So you're actually under your own control now. You can decide what you want to do next. And Max, as we said, had planted this smoke bomb and then you'd taken the truck and you were going to drive it at the crane, correct? Yes. I think I hadn't done that yet. No, you haven't done it yet, but that's your plan. That's my plan. You are going to have to weave your way through a milling crowd of hundreds of extras to do it. I just want to warn you. Uh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, collateral damage, let's say. Yeah, fair. To get to the crane, you're going to have to steer your way through them. Now, obviously... The truck comes equipped with a horn. Yes. Yeah. Amory, have you got both your guns out or just one? 
I guess it's up to you. <laughs> no, I just have, I only have the little gun with me. I didn't take the Luger because it doesn't fit in my darter belt. Okay. Yeah, because he, you say he smooshed me in a bear hug, so I just reach between my legs and I'm going to pull it out and shoot him. But if I see the Baron, can I shoot the Baron from between this guy's legs? Is that like at all possible? Or I think it will be hard because obviously, yeah, you can imagine it's not going to be an easy shot. So, well, I, but I can shoot three times. So if I shot him once and then shot, if he falls to the ground, could I change targets? I'm just asking mechanically if that works or is that like the next round that you do that? We had done the full recap. So I think the most pressing thing then is Anne-Marie with your pistol. Now... You'll easily be able to shoot this. You're at point blank range. You, you know you can shoot the guy holding you pretty easily. I mean, I'm shooting. I'm shooting him in, in the balls. You're at point blank range, so you will get a bonus dice. So yeah, you pull out your small Beretta, whatever it is. It's a 32 revolver. Yeah? 32 revolver. So yeah. So I'm going to fire once into his groin, and then I'm going to try to shoot the Baron. So I've got a success then with the bonus die. <laughs> I glance his uh, his left testicle. Okay. Now the good news is, obviously the. <laughs> You crease his left testicle. It's like right between them. I think with one point I didn't hear any solid. There's a big powder burn on his pants now. Maybe he's a eunuch. You've not disabled him, but the good news is the good news is that the shock and the and the pain from taking a nick to the testicles, he's let go of you as a result. But obviously the sound of the gunfire has alerted Baron, so he's gonna try and dive out the way as he senses obviously that this is all going horribly wrong. So it means he will get a dodge roll. He won't be able to do anything else this round, though. He's actually diving for cover. If he succeeds, then you will have a penalty dice on your shots. He dies behind one of his minions, and so that means you are going to have a penalty dice. Okay, but I can still shoot him. Yeah, yeah. Or shoot at him. Oh dear. Well, it's four hit points of damage out of a possible 16. Well, you've injured him, and he cries out in pain, but maybe he managed to get behind one of his minions who took the brunt of the blow, and he, he sort of expires in a pool of blood, but he's kind of crawling to get away from you, but that's all he can do for now. Okay. And he, he screams out, Keeps the cameras rolling, keeps the cameras rolling. It's only a flesh wound. And I think the next person to turn to would be Max. So Max, you hear the gunshots coming behind you. You know the, the familiar sound of, of Anne-Marie's thirty-two revolver. Well, I think I just assume any gunshots involve Anne-Marie at this stage. But yeah, I take it as a sign to move. So I was near the back of the truck, so I, I'm just going to light the smoke bomb that was there. Okay. And casually walk around the front and just bang on the door. I, this is the guy I had had a bit of a chat with before. So I'm, I'm just going to bang the door of the truck and try and get his attention. So you bang on the door and he looks down at you and he says, what is it? I say, friend, I, th I think your truck's on fire. And I point to the back of the truck. Is there smoke coming out? Yeah, I there's see. smoke coming out of the back of his truck. He goes, Scheisse, what is it? And... He just pushes the door open, you know, almost bowling you over in the process in his urgency to get out, and he runs to the back of the truck. The engine is still running, and he's he's got out. Okay, well, then I will just take the truck. So you hop up onto the running board, and you get into the truck, slam the door, and then slam your foot on the accelerator, and he, you hear a shout from behind. He's saying, Stop! Stop! What are you doing? <laughs> is he shaking his fist at me? <laughs> so I would like to continuously beat the horn, I want to steer it at that camera that was set up on the crane thing. Yeah. And I want to try and, like, if I can use my shoe or something to, like, just press down the accelerator. <laughs> oh, actually, you said there are people in the... No, yeah. you said there are people. Okay. You're going to need to steer this thing. 
that it's going to require some... Okay, so I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping out then. I'm steering it and beeping the horn. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yelling fire. Okay, well, look, we will resolve that in a minute. I think that's an awesome moment to cut back to Katorian. So you shake yourself and come out of your panic and you can feel your sweat pouring down your face and your heart is racing, but you've managed to regain your composure. You're now standing, I guess, somewhere towards those cars that are parked at the back, somewhere towards the back of the Kaiser Wilhelm Turm. You are running towards your car. You've heard gunshots. You can see smoke rising up. You know that your friends have started causing chaos. What do you want to do? I want to go and administer to Eckhart because he's on the ground. Yes. Yeah. He, you can see him sort of convulsing on the ground over by Esterhazy's limousine. Are you sane again? Yes. Well, not sane. I'm myself again. Yeah. He only had one round. His bat of madness only lasted one round. So you, you start running back. It's going to take you another round to get back. Okay. Safina, I believe you were sort of retreating after you punctured the tire. Oh, yeah. What do you want to do? Is fleeing leaving me convulsing on the ground? I'm going to find a place where I feel like I have cover and I'll peek around. If there's like a building or a dumpster or bags of trash or... From where you are. You know, comfort objects for me. It's my twitching corpse. Yeah. Katorian's taking care of you. You're not sure yet. I mean, last you saw was him running off. (laughs) It was Katorian running off. You leave Eckhart's twitching corpse on the ground. I guess the best place to hide might be by the tower. That's the only building nearby. Although that is taking you back right into the epicenter of things. So Oh, then I will not. I will not do that. Then I will go and help Katorian tend to my friend, because that is a high priority for me. We're not putting any moral pressure on you, E.E., by the way. It's not, you know... You don't have first aid anyway. Yeah. Well, no, everyone's got a bit of first aid. But it is safer to be near you guys if I cannot find cover and to not run back into the thick of things. I have 30 first aid. It's not nothing. I'll get there in a round. I failed so bad. Oh, dear. Did you fumble? No, you didn't fumble. No, no, I just didn't do very well. I think with that roll, you you can't actually aid him. You can see that he's not dead because... You know, you maybe feel for his pulse or something, and he is still alive, thankfully. But you got no idea how to treat him. Maybe you can just make him a bit more comfortable because he's. I'll slap his face a little bit. Hey, wake up! How you deal with drunks? I don't really know how to deal with someone who's had a heart attack. Yeah, technically still having a heart attack. Yeah. Oh. Whiskey. You give him whiskey. Okay, so I think that the next thing to happen will actually be up on the gantry, up on the stage with Anne-Marie, because this thug. This ruffian who who was holding you, he's not just going to stand there and take a shot to the groin. He's going to try and clock you. He's going to hit a lady? Yep, he's going to hit you. You just shot him in the balls. I think definitions of ladies. Chivalry is dead at this point. Yeah. So uh, I love it. In, In the book, these ones are called Beefy Teamsters. Beefy Teamsters. Beefy Teamsters. So this Beefy Teamster, you can see he's big, he's muscular, and he's going to just try and punch you in the face basically ouch yeah so let's see can i do anything about that or i can't because i shot my gun yeah you can dodge if you want you want to dodge or do you want to fight back well when i dodge can i am i jumping off the stage or is it just dodging you're just sort of swaying out of the way you know what i'm gonna fight back okay yeah you know i got Ooh, that is a hard success i'm not hoping for anything here but i figure worst case scenario gotta go down fighting yeah, no. 
And you do. You flat weakly at him as a big meaty fist just comes crumping into your face. Oh my god. And you take... Okay, that's three. Oh. Ooh, that's the maximum. You take seven damage. I don't know. You're obviously tougher than that, but that's a... I have 19 hit points. Yeah. I take seven points of damage? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you take seven points of damage. But, you know, you're a, you're a pulp. You're pulpy. You can handle it. And Grunau, of course, uh, couldn't do anything except crawl away at this point. But let's then resolve the situation with Max. So Max, you can see somewhere off in the distance this crane. It's just rising up. There's a cameraman actually sitting in a, like a bucket at the top. And he's starting to wind the film. The cameras are starting to roll on Grunau's orders. The director, Galeen, he sort of picked himself up out of the snow where he was, where he fell from being pushed by Anne-Marie. And he's starting to try and find his way back onto the stage, but he's not actually giving the orders now. And as you're blasting the horn, you get this ominous sense of doom descending on you. Your intuition is telling you that this is sort of do-or-die moment. And... Could be both. There's a couple of things I need you to do. Because as you're blasting the horn and the smoke is coming out, you're making a big spectacle. You are the centre of attention. Everyone has turns to look at you. So obviously the people in front of you, they are going to try and get out of the way. But still, you're trying to steer a truck on snow over a pasture towards a crane with hundreds of people in front of you. So I need you to make a hard drive roll first to see whether you hit anyone on the way. That'll be the first the first roll. Should have switched. Um, no. <laughs> Ouch. You, okay, well, you clip a good few people as you're going through. Most of them manage to dive out of the way, but a couple of them bounce up off the hood of the truck and go... Maybe one of them even gets caught under the wheel and you hear screams. Well, I've been hit by some trucks in my time, so you I... You have. I, you Yes, under more controlled circumstances. And I want you to make a sanity roll first, because... This isn't something that you can just easily brush off. Yeah. Maybe I've seen a lot of this before. <laughs> yeah, you're just in your mind going, it's fine, they're stunt people. It's a film, it's stunts. In fact, a little voice at the back of your mind saying, I hope they're catching this. This is a great action scene. <laughs> I'm still going to ask you to lose one sanity for that. Okay. Though. And then you hear this powerful voice in your head. It's a voice you've probably heard before because you've probably seen some of her films. Yeah. It's the voice of Agnes Esterhazy. And it's just echoing around the cab. You're probably only 40, 50 feet away now from the crane. And the voice is saying, You will not destroy my ritual, you tiny little insect. And you can feel like almost like a steel talons embedding themselves in your brain as you're trying to fight off this impulse, this terrible fear that's starting to wash over you. You feel that Esterhazy is trying to destroy your will to do this thing and this is going to involve an opposed power roll my power i don't think is great your power is not great i would say i mean you need to make a really good roll now because she has got a lot of power well, i think i've used my good roll already <laughs> you have <laughs> okay so make a power roll <laughs> that will not do my friend if you could describe... A, I mean, you could push it, I suppose, but it would be disastrous if you fail. And you'd have to tell me how you would... what you would do to push this roll. You could close your eyes, stomp the accelerator, duck down under the steering wheel, and just hold on for dear life. I'm actually going to cover my ears, because it's like her voice. And 
just yell out to myself that like this is a movie this is a movie where cameras are rolling like trying to convince myself that this is all part of a before you do this I'll give you the because this is going to be an opposed power roll so even if you succeed you, you still have to beat her level but if you want to do it go for it I think this is awesome I think yeah putting your hands over your ears you're, you, you've got your foot on the accelerator skidding through the snow I uh yeah I'm just going to try okay alright so you put your hands over your ears scream out that it's just a film it's just a film and make that power roll wow look at that can I spend you can't, luck no you can't spend luck on a push roll the good news is that is a hard success. It is. That is a hard success because 27. Okay, now that you've given yourself a chance because if it was a regular success, there's no way she could have failed because she's got a power of 140. Right. <laughs> well, I, if I'd have rolled 100, she would have failed. But now there is a chance because she needs to also get a hard success. So she needs to get... Which means she needs to roll 70 or below. So if I roll above 70, you've fought her off. Let's see. What am I going to roll? It's a 30% chance. Ouch. Oh dear. I rolled a 14. And with that, her voice just amplifies in volume and she cackles and laughs in a very witchy fashion and says, You can't keep me out, you fool. And the voice just echoes around your head and you just slump forward and you just got to keep your hands over your ears because the voice is just echoing around your head and she commands you just to stop the truck and you can't help but do it. So, Katorian, you've made it back now to where Eckhart is lying yes. on the ground convulsing. Safina is trying to aid him, but seemingly to no avail. So I start pressing on his chest in this experimental thing that people have been talking about. And I'm telling Safina, I say, put your mouth on his lips and start blowing as I'm pressing on his chest. Has that only just been invented, discovered, chest compressions? These two things have actually existed, but modern CPR didn't exist until like the 50s. Okay. How much will you pay me to do this lewd act for you? Save our friend. Just blow. <laughs> Just blow. All right. Well, given that Safina's already made her first aid roll, I don't think she, she's not going to get to make another one. But what I'll say is you can get a bonus dice on your roll, um, Victorian, because Safina is, is, is helping you. Purple roll it is. And there we go. It's a success. The good news is Eckhart's going to get some hit points back, but he's still incapacitated. He suffered a massive heart attack. He's not making any moves anytime soon. Technically, it was 10 rounds he's going to be incapacitated for. So let's say two rounds have already passed. It's another eight rounds. But you do get a D4 hit points back. So, Katorian, you can roll I D4. can roll the D4. Okay, so Eckhart, you get two hit points back. Now, Anne-Marie, you can see the worm... Grunau wriggling away from you. And just because, uh, just so I know mechanically how it works, can I move and then shoot? Can I like jump off the platform and shoot him so I don't have this guy pounding my face? Or can I not do both things? You can do both things, but if you jump off, he's going to have cover because you're going to be quite a long way below him. But is he dodging anyways? So no matter what I have. Yeah, he's trying to dodge. So, you know, if you want to get the best chance of plugging him, you're going to need to stay out there on the platform. Okay, I'll stay up. Why not? Okay. I'll stay up and try to I'll try to shoot him three times. This guy hits me and I stumble back like I'm gonna go down and I raise my pistol and shoot at the Baron. Okay. 
Again, three shots. This is your last three rounds, by the way. You'll need to reload after yep, this. Yeah, this is my last three rounds. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he's going to try and dive out of the way. Okay, this time he fails. He tries to scramble behind one of his minions again, but this time you've got a clear shot, so you can just roll three times. All right, so it's regular success. Wow. Okay, that's two, three. Okay, well... Of course, I roll shitty damage, though. Okay, well, roll 3d8. Not great. It's still below average. Right, well, it is, but he's going to have to make a constitution roll now because basically you've got him down to zero hit points. So can he stay conscious? Actually, no, this this isn't about whether he can stay conscious, but about whether he's dying. So what's his con? Not great. Well, it's okay. Pretty good. Okay. Okay, well, he's not dying, but he's unconscious. He's lying there unconscious. He's out of the action now. And even though he's been shot down and he seems to be lying there bleeding out and dying, back by where Katorian is trying to do CPR, improvise CPR on Eckhart, the limousine that had Esterhazy in has started rolling away. It's trying to drive away from them. And at this point, all three cameras have actually started rolling. And Galeen, kind of limping back onto the stage, shouts, Action! And it's kind of insane, because even through all this mad action that's going on, they still seem to be trying to make the movie. That's what they wanted. The sky overhead is now a steely grey. The sun is sunrise is still about an hour away. And as the cameras start rolling, large, powerful lights blaze into life. There's a flurry of activity everywhere. People, you know, as you look around, the everyone seems to be a bit dazed or entranced or something. There's there's some powerful magic going on here. And the sound of the cameras rolling be heard briefly before all the extras start chanting and the limousine with Esterhazy stops and she gets out and she realises that Grunau is dying or dead or is no longer capable of doing anything and she holds up her hand and she screams out Yogg-Sothoth knows the gate Yogg-Sothoth is the gate Yogg-Sothoth is the key and guardian of the gate and I want everyone to roll a d6. Wow, five, five, six, five, five. Max, Max only loses one. Let's hope we're rolling high. Yeah, hopefully high is good. <laughs> high is not good. Do I roll? High is bad, I'm assuming. Actually, you know what? You don't roll. You just take the maximum because you're incapacitated. Awesome. Now, weirdly, what that number means is that's how many magic points you lose. Not that that matters for me that much. Well, nobody means that she's using our magic yep. points. That is bad. And you all feel this terrible sensation as if some vital essence that you didn't even know existed in you, at least some of you uh, didn't know it existed. Others of you realize what's happening is your arcane power is being sucked out of you by this chant as the worshippers are chanting around you and they're capturing it all on film for posterity. You can see actually the worshippers, a lot of them are starting to sway and some of the frailer younger ones are actually just sinking to their knees and passing out the fact that Esterhazy has got out and started this chant means that her domination of your mind has actually ended at this point Max so you're, you are free to do something you're about 50 feet away from this crane the truck has stalled out it's going to take you around to get it so I'm going to start the engine again okay so you get in and start the engine up so that's your action for the round Anne-Marie what about you all right, this is what I want to do. I want to run over to the Baron and grab that staff that he had 
Okay. And then I want to charge at her like it's a lance and try to run it through Estahousey. So I, I don't know how far away she is, but that it might take me more than one round, but that's my plan. I'm going to grab the golden staff and just go for her. It's going to take a couple of rounds because she's way on the other side. Well, I can't hit her from here. I don't have any bullets off to my gun. So. That is true. I mean, you can reload, but even so, she's too far away. Well, the away. guy's on top of me. I'd have to jump Yeah, down. she's out of range. She's out of range. Do I need to be stationary to reload or can I do arm running? No, you don't. You can reload. You can run and reload and even fire, but you will have a penalty dice. But more problematically is the range. It's only got a 15 yards range. Right, yeah. Well, that's why I'm running. So I'm going to jump off and run towards you while I'm reloading, and I'll, I'll shoot when I get closer. So I'll just spend this round doing that, assuming the guy doesn't hit me. Well, let's see, because the thug is going to try and grab you again. So it's going to be an opposed fighting brawl roll again. I'm not going anywhere. To see whether he can grab you. Go I got on. a hard success. Okay, you got a hard success. Well, that is very... Wow. If you spend one luck, that's an extreme. If I need to, I will. Right, so I'll spend one point. Yes. That's true, right? I'm not sure. That's what I mean. You're right, you're right. Okay, so he tries to maneuver you. He tries to grab you, and your lithe, small frame managed to wriggle out of his grasp. I say, you have something on your crotch. Yeah, so you wriggle out of his grasp and go sliding down the steps onto the snowy ground below and start charging towards Esterhazy. Since I have a revolver, I do the cool thing where I like flip it open and just shake the empty brass on the ground as I'm running, and I'm like loading it. Yeah. Yeah. Like going, where the hell are all the men? Yes. I, I mean, my movement is eight. Do I think I'll get close enough in one move? If you really... I'm going to make you make a constitution roll uh, next round to see whether you can really keep sprinting and get to within range. Right. So, Safina. I think we're both doing CPR still, right? No, I mean, you finished. Is he okay? Has he opened his eyes? Yeah, he's, his eyes have flickered open, but he's just incapacitated. Yeah, okay. so you've brought him back to consciousness. Like, you restarted my heart, but I'm still all fucked up. Yeah. Probably some color came back to my face, like, breathe, made signs of life, but... I would like to help him up to his feet and get him off the snow. To the car might be a good idea. Yeah, to the car or something. Somewhere safe. Okay, so you're going to try and drag him back towards the car, yeah? Yeah. Okay, there's no way he's walking at this point. He's not even able to stand. You try and kind of lever him up, and he's just a dead weight. He's looking at you and kind of just almost like saying, no, he just can't do it. His legs aren't working at the moment. In general, I would just like to seek safety and cover. Okay. All right. Well, you can start dragging him towards the cars. Katorian, the chanting continues. I still have two smoke grenades, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. How far away from me is Anna Maria? She's probably about maybe 50, 60 yards away from you. She's running towards sort of in your direction because... Estahazi has driven off maybe another 40, 50 yards beyond you. So you're like halfway between her, uh, Estahazi, and Anne Marie right. at this point. And would I get the sense that maybe disrupting the chanters, the crowd, would somehow snap this ritual? Because the Baron is now. The Baron is down. Yeah, the yeah. Baron's down. It's not under his power anymore. No, it's not. You can make Cthulhu Mythos roll. Not great at it, but I got some. Okay, no. No idea. No. You don't know. I mean, yes, it seems... was our plan, though? We wanted to disrupt this thing. We wanted to... To panic, panic the crowd. Panic the crowd, yeah. So you know what I'm going to do? I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I take the smoke grenade and I toss it into the crowd. You just light the smoke grenade with your French lighter and then you toss it into the middle of the crowd and it lands beautifully in the middle of a large group, including some of the wild boys 
those young gang, they kind of realize what's going on perhaps and they start screaming and shouting and everyone in that big group in the middle starts to panic from the explosion and the smoke and they start running. And it's good, you have scattered them, but you've also created a bit of a stampede. Oops. At this point. And a whole group of them are running like a herd of frightened cattle towards you and Safina and Anne-Marie. Sorry, not Anne-Marie. Yeah, well, Anne-Marie's caught up in it as well. And Safina. So each of you needs to make a dexterity roll to avoid being trampled by the crowd coming at you. Not my best. Can I use luck on this? Uh, yes, you can use luck. I'm going to use luck on this. Okay, so you managed to somehow avoid and shield Eckhart from this trampling crowd, as does uh, the Armenian. Anne-Marie, I think... Uh, unless you want to spend luck on that or push it. No, I'm going to push it by uh, just joining the crowd. I mean, I'm already running. It's not like I'm standing there. I mean, I'm already running. Yeah. Okay. So push that roll. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just going to push my little legs as hard as I can go and see how I get trampled. Oh, there we go. Okay. And you managed to veer out the way as two of the wild boys were running headlong towards you and they were just going to completely take you out. And you just managed to turn your shoulder and keep running. I yelled them. Nice lipstick. One of them blows you a kiss. And you've definitely managed to create a good diversion, but the cameras are still rolling and the remnants of the crowd are still chanting. And in this next round, we also need to make another D6 for magic points. Oh, yeah, everyone's going to have to roll another D6. Oof. Okay, Amory rolls two. I mean, two. So these are better rolls. Oh dear, Max. And this is plus two. So you need to add two to that. That takes me to zero. Okay, so you're on zero. Same. That takes me to one. Oh, hold on. And so you add two to what you rolled there, I would also be, I'd be negative one, actually. Okay. And Safina? Two. So Safina and Max, you're the only two that are still conscious at this point. And you're dragging Eckhart behind you. You also see that the entire crowd, everyone in this, all the extras, everyone, except a few... Do I think... If I drop Eckhart and run to the car, I can reach it and then just drive back around and scoop them all up. Or is there too much of a crowd? And You're going to have to really sprint through. You do realize the entire crowd have now all sunk to the ground. They're all unconscious. You look around the field. The only people still standing are you, Max, the director, the camera operators, and Agnes. So you can get to the car without any trouble, but it's just a matter of whether you can get there quickly enough. Yeah, I, don't, I also don't see the point, really, if I get them all in the car. Gotta stop this film. Well, if Max can try and slam the truck into the crane, there's still two more cameras. There's one of them that was pointing at the stage, and there's another one on a sort of rolling, like, wheeled trolley thing. Yeah, I think I want to run for the car. I'm going to drop that car and run for the car. I think it'll be helpful to have a car. I can ram it into things or pick them up so you yeah. start sprinting towards the car can you make me a constitution roll yes oh my god I'm tired okay well yeah you're tired you feel like you're running through treacle I think the loss of these magic points is getting to you but you're trying desperately to get towards the car and you can feel your energy draining out of you Max you've got one chance you've got the engine going Everyone, Everyone is falling to the ground? Okay, I'm yes. not going to try and avoid anyone then. No. I'm just driving into the... It's snow. They'll probably just go into it a little bit if you run them. I'm just driving straight for that camera. Okay, so make me a drive roll. Just a regular drive roll. Wait, isn't it a big thing? Am I actually going to miss this? 
well, I mean, you're trying to knock the thing over, presumably, or something. I'm just trying to drive into it. Okay. As fast as I can, yeah. You still need to make a drive roll. I'm going to definitely spend that luck. You're going to spend the luck. And so you smash headlong into the crane camera. Out of the window of the truck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you to do that. I also want you to roll 2d10 damage. To who? Uh, Well, this is to the crane. Wait, I hit it with a truck? A truck does 2d10 damage? Well, it's like structural damage. Okay, that's pretty, pretty good. That is good. And you smash into the crane, and there's this sort of creaking sound and a scream from above you as the entire gantry above goes toppling over and the thing is now just smashed onto the ground. The cameraman was thrown clear and he sprawled in the snow. And you're also going to take some damage from the impact. <laughs> so you're going to take 2d6 damage from the impact. 2d6? Did did I not have my seatbelt on? No. (laughs) I don't think they had seatbelts back then. Oh, no, I I rolled. I rolled for you. You, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you take five five damage. Seven. Okay, I'm not not dumb. And you're a bit dazed, but you're... I guess you're still alive, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm still alive. Yeah, you've got plenty of hit points. Okay, how far is the other camera? So the other camera is the one on the mobile gantry. It's probably about 100 yards away. I think I'm stuffed, but I'm going to... Like, that's the next thing. I'm just going to go for that camera. Oh, yeah, no, but the truck is, like, smoking. No, not, not in the truck. I'm going to jump out and run. Yeah, because you've just crumped in the whole engine block. It's just smoking, and there's a terrible noise coming out of it. So you jump out, and as you jump out, you hear Esterhaz's voice saying, ringing out clear across the field, You must get them all. And you can see the camera operator of the mobile one just steer turn the wheel that rotates the camera on top of his gantry and he's going to point it at you he just turns it towards you and you're going to need to roll 2d6 this time (laughs) I think this might be it for you Yeah. yeah and as you sprint towards him trying desperately to get to him before he can home in on you your vision starts to darken and then goes to a tiny dot and you pass out as well so Safina this is going to be an interesting moment for you because if you can get out of the view of the other camera well we'll see what happens so you're running the the camera operator in the middle of the field he's now swiveling the camera towards you so I need you it's going to be a posed dexterity role does my insane sense of direction help me here at all? Because I can dart between things. I don't know. What does insane sense of direction do? I don't know. It was just... The, oh, no. This is one where you you always know how to get somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I don't think so. Because this is about whether you can dodge out of the way. I mean, you could also make a dodge roll if you're better at that. No, you're not. You're terrible. No. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a posed dexterity roll. All right. All right. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh no! Oh dear! <sighs> no, and you are caught in the beam as well, and it's two d six, Safina. Well, roll two d six. Oh god! By one, yeah, well. by two, and likewise, you sink into the dark embrace of unconsciousness. That didn't quite go as planned. Ouch! Well, it went as by their plan. Yeah, their plan worked beautifully. 
But anyway, you all wake up. Huh. You don't know how much time has passed. It was all a dream, and we're okay. You all wake up, including Eckhart, and as your consciousness returns, at first it seems that you're in a, in a section of the Grunewald, but strangely there's no snow on the ground. It's almost as if the season has changed or the snow has melted. Maybe the sun came up and the snow melted. Bare trees loom all around, and beneath you is a layer of dead leaves and soil. There's a dense, low-lying fog that creeps along the forest floor. As you begin to stand and get up and brush yourselves down, you notice that the forest boasts some strange features. First, and most immediately noticeable, is the complete lack of colour. At first, when you kind of open your eyes, you, you thought, well, you know, it must be dusk or early morning. But then you realise you're literally in a black and white world. And... As you look down at your bodies, you see that you're wearing the garb of a medieval peasant, but you're now also completely in black and white. You hold your hands up in front of your faces and there's no colour, there's no pallor in your skin. You are, like Agnes Esterhazy before, you are in black and white. And not only that, but as you look around you, you realise each of you that you're completely alone in this forest. None of your friends are there, none of the extras are there. There's no sign of the tower. We don't see each other, you You mean? don't see each other. Each of you is completely alone. I was figured the priests were wrong about heaven, but I didn't expect this. And you are all going to have to make a sanity roll for suddenly being in black and white. So can everyone make a sanity roll? Amory's good. Armenian, not good. <laughs> oh god, yeah. You're about to have another bout of madness, Armenian. Well, everyone is cool. Stop it. Except the Armenian. So everyone loses one sanity. Armenian. 39. Max has used to be in black and white, so you get a hard success. Yeah. <laughs> Armenian, can you roll me a d6, oh, please? Dear. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. And uh, roll a d10 for the bout of madness. A d10 or a d100? Well, technically, it's the summary bout of madness because you're on your own. So hit summary bout of madness. <laughs> Again, flee and panic. <laughs> That's your default move now, is flee and panic. So, Armenian, you, you just start running madcap, hectically through these woods. You've got to get out of here. You've got to get away. And we will leave you running for the moment. The rest of you, each of you is looking around. And you notice that the trees are clearly not real. They're constructed of trunks and branches as if they were real trees. But they're nailed together. It's like they've been built. They don't have a root system. And you can see as you get closer up and look at these strange trees that they're mounted on wooden beams and just crudely covered up with a bit of forest loam. And you can see the wooden struts just poking out. And also the shape of the trees are clearly artificial. They're almost like caricatures of actual trees. Limbs jutting out in a riot of strange impossible angles. Dark and foreboding creating bracken-like effect that seems to press in from all directions. Let's take you one by one. Safina, what do you want to do? I will shout for my companions. Hello! Is anyone there? Can you hear me? What's really interesting is when you shout out, it sounds doesn't sound like you're outdoors. You know there's a distinct difference in the way your voice sounds when you're indoors and outdoors, obviously. When you're outdoors your voice seems to get swallowed up because there's so much space, but Somehow you're, you sound like you're in an interior. Right, right, okay. 
does my sense of direction help me here? Do I know weirdly, like, am I am I still in the same area we were in before? Do I know where north is? Do I have any sense that this is like I'm in the world and in reality? You know that this is not real, not a real forest, let's say. I mean, obviously, the trees have been built and your voice is not carrying. And when you look up, there's no sky above, just a diffused light and an overarching darkness. There's no stars above. There's no sign of the moon or or the sun rising or anything. Just this kind of strange diffused light. And you get the sense you need to move in a certain direction with your pulp talent. All right. I will move in that direction and I'll, I'll move slowly and like push my hands out in case the air is an illusion or something. As you walk in the direction that you feel must be the way to get out of here, you get this sinking feeling because the fake forest just seems to go on forever. It seems to be endless. And it even seems to repeat itself at certain points. It's almost like the same tree has been built many times and it's being placed there. And the woods are also utterly silent. If I close my eyes and keep moving forward, do I feel like I'm making progress in the direction I feel like I should be going? Ignoring the fake forest. No, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. And... Mm. There's no breeze blowing, there's no animals, the woods are completely silent. And you realise that it's not cold, actually, it's just a sort of mild, even temperature. And then in the mist that's around you, you gradually become aware of ghostly shapes moving in the mist. Hmm. And I currently have no magic, right? So I can't use clairvoyance. Yeah, you've got zero magic points. All right, well, is there a shape close to me? They seem to be converging on you. Oh, well, are they moving quickly? Are they humanoid? They seem to be human. It's hard to tell because they're in the mist and they're just kind of almost shadows. I would like to, instead of letting them all converge on me at once, I would like to move closer to the closest one so I can try to like reach out and touch it without perhaps the others converging on it. Okay, and as you get closer to it, you see that Maybe it was a trick of the light or something, because it, it's not as big as you thought it was. And then it comes out of the mist towards you, and you realize it's a cat. It's a cat. No, it's a cat! God damn it, it's a cat! Oh, I'm so angry! And when you stare at it in shock, you realize it's got the face of someone you know. It's got the face of Marlena Dietrich. And, oh, right. um, <laughs> yeah. It's got the face of Marlena oh, Dietrich. no, this is my nightmare. And Marlena hisses at you and then leaps towards you. God damn it. Okay. Leaps towards you and you're going to have to make another sanity roll at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you're fine. Wow. I'm supremely chill for you some You do reason. lose another point of sanity. But Marlena, cat, cat thing Marlena comes leaping at you and slashes at your face with her claws and shrieks. And, well, you take two damage, but weirdly, it doesn't come off your hit points. It comes off your sanity. Oh, no. So your sanity goes down to, what's that, 82? 82, yeah. What do you want to do? You've still got your rake. I'm going to run, because if there's a bunch of these things coming at me, I'm not going to be able to take them all, so I'm just going to run. I'm going to run vaguely in the direction that I thought I was going to go. Okay, so you turn and run, and you can hear the hissing and and the pitter-patter feet behind you, and you run and you run until the scene changes. 
And we will now move on to Eckhart. Eckhart, you can't quite understand anything that's happening to you because obviously the last thing you remember, you were having a massive heart attack. But yeah, you've woken up as well in this strange woods. And I won't go through all the descriptions again, but yeah, you've started perhaps trying to figure out where you are in this bizarre in place. So I probably, I like walk along the rows of trees for a bit and see that they keep going on forever. And then I just try to like, I start like rattling one and I'm going to try to like knock over a whole row of them. And if that doesn't work, I think I might set them on fire. Excellent. You need to make a hard strength roll to try and push one of these trees over. Extremely strong. No. No. So I rattle the trees for a bit. And then I go looking for padding for my, my lighter. Is it there? Yeah, you've got your lighter. All right. Well, I uh, grab some of the bracken from, you know, that was hiding the stuff, some of the like straw or whatever is there and light up a handful of it and then use that to uh, try to set fire to the set. Okay. So after a couple of attempts, you get the bracken lit and it starts licking up the trunk of this fake tree. And after a little while, you, you start a nice little fire. And yeah, it'll, it'll probably catch, it'll probably spread even. But as you do this, perhaps you were very focused on it and you didn't realize that there were figures closing in on you in the mist. And then you hear a voice from behind you, which you recognize, but you're not sure where. And the voice says, Turn around, Eckhart. You stole my story. You stole my life. I do recognize the voice. Herr Grossman. You do indeed. And uh, I turn around and I guess I'm probably fumbling for my pistol if it's there. Yeah, I think you are because there is Grossman, the butcher of Berlin. And when you turn to look at him, you get a horrific shock because it's like he's come out of the grave after 10 years or however long it's been, 12 years, I think. He's putrid and green and tatters of flesh are hanging off him and there are maggots crawling in and out of his eye sockets and out of his mouth and his rib cage is exposed and there's a there's a rat inside chewing away on the rotten remains of his innards and you're also going to have to make a sanity roll for seeing seeing Herr Grossman. That seems fair. Yeah, but you're fine. Cool. You're fine. <laughs> don't lose any sanity for seeing this horrific sight and he just comes lumbering towards you with his filthy muck encrusted claws of hands reaching out he wants to rip you to pieces so you can attack him first all right i'm just gonna sh try and shoot once okay well that is a hard success so you pull out your 45 and you take careful aim and you blast at him and you blow off one of his arms just goes tumbling to the ground but he still comes towards you and tries to tear your throat out and that is a hit do you want to try and dodge or fight back uh i'm not really good at either i suppose i will dodge okay like fighting back is not great for zombies no oh, no and his fingers close around your throat and you feel them tearing into your your windpipe pulling out scratching down your throat and leaving deep gouges and you take six damage but again it's not from your hit points it's from your sanity Ouch. so you lose six sanity and you you're gonna have to make an intelligence roll 
Ah, what a good time to fail, because you don't have a bout of madness. Ah. You've blown his arm off, but he's still coming at you. Okay. All right, so I guess I will try for a called shot on his head. So this will be with a penalty dice. Okay. Do you want to spend some luck on that? I guess, yeah, I would need to be 17 luck. It would be, yeah, 17 luck. 17 luck, yeah. So you level your pistol at him, and you and you fire straight through his forehead. And roll a d10. Plus two for the damage. Of course, this time oh, shit. Not enough. You blow out a big chunk of his forehead, but he's still coming at you. And he slashes at you with his other arm. That's a hard success. You can dodge or fight back. No. Oh, I think... Oh, so you lose two sanity. Okay. So you're down to 60. Okay. You're still okay. Still okay. Another shot to the head. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. Roll d10 plus two. Oh, now that is tasty. So that's 11 plus four from the last one. And you finally, you get him absolutely dead center. And his head goes rocking back. Like the top, you've basically blown the top of his head off. His rotten brains go spraying backwards. And he falls with a thump to the ground. And you stand there, breathing, breathing heavily. And we will cut then to Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. Same with you. I'm going to listen because I have a bonus to listen. I'm, I wanna, I'm listening for water because I want to see myself. So I don't know what that is, that. is that a role that you make for listen? Is that a skill? Oh, it is actually. So I would like to listen. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. So I'm going to listen to see if I can hear any water nearby. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I'm not sure. It's deadly quiet, deathly quiet in this place. All right. Well, I'm going to climb the tree then. Do I have to roll climb to climb a tree? I mean, no. Okay, I was going to say, cause climbing a tree is pretty... Well, it depends on the trees, I suppose. Yeah, because they're so strange and artificial and constructed, they're actually even easier to climb. They seem to even have convenient handholds. And, yeah, so you climb to the top of the tree, and I assume you want to see if you can see anything. Yeah, I'm going to look for a way out, because I have no other way to figure it out. And you're looking all around you, and it's an almost incomprehensible sight because what you can see above the mist is that these trees they just go on as far as you can see it's like you're in an infinitely large space but at the same time it feels like you're indoors it feels like you're inside a gigantic soundstage Hmm. because of the deadening sound I mean uh, the sounds that you're making are just muffled and deadened as if you were on a soundstage but then you do hear something actually you start hearing music. You start hearing that song from many years ago, The Dance of the Dead. Oh. The Tanz, The one that your strange friends used to like playing. Your strange friend, your strange American friend, Henri Chatanhoffman, liked to play. At that bar, right? Yeah, in the theatre or whatever it was, the, the, the concert hall, before you got sent to the dark city, the shadow city. And then a voice calls up to you from below. And the voice says, Shall we dance, Anne-Marie? Okay, well, I mean, I never gave up a chance to dance, so of course I will come down. This is my chance, I say. Well, of course, but I'm not really dressed for it. And you see, standing in a clearing below you, looking off into the distance in the opposite direction, is the unmistakable shape of Rudolf van Laban. You would know that body anywhere. I look Rudolf. Hmm. And he says, And now we shall dance the dance of death and he turns to face you 
and you see that his face is torn and ragged, showing the skull and teeth below. And he smiles, and the grin is horrific because you can see straight through his cheeks into the bloody red beneath and the glistening white teeth, as if his face has been ripped away by something. And you will need to make a sanity roll at this point. Well, that's pretty gross. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to make that sanity. I'm going to make that one. Yeah, so you need to roll a d6. D6. Okay, well, you lose three sanity. And he bows graciously and holds out one hand. It's more bone than flesh, the hand that he holds out. But he's being very polite and inviting you to dance. Yeah, I've danced with worse men, to be honest. So I'm going to choose a dance where I don't really have to touch him. Whatever dance that will be, and I will suggest it. As a dancer, I hope that I know a dance that you're not really touching so much. I begin humming the Charleston, what's that, the do-do-do-do, whatever it is, and I start, uh, yeah, I'm going to bust into the Charleston. And Rudolph says, oh, I, I was hoping we would have a more of an intimate dance, but very well. And so you standing next to the skeletal form of Rudolph van Laban doing the Charleston... <laughs> in an empty forest and we will leave you there for the moment (laughs) that went silly quickly but it's a good image it's a good image and max to you so i expect i recognize this as like a movie set oh yeah yeah this is a soundstage obviously and the one surefire way i know how to leave a soundstage is to get kicked off so i'm just going to set fire to the nearest tree Okay, you and Eckhart both, you've got a box of matches out and you start setting fire to a tree and then you hear a tutting noise from behind you as a figure looms out of the fog and at first you don't recognise the voice but then you realise you do and as he comes into view you see yourself but somehow your face, even though it's you you're looking a lot more handsome than you really do and... You're wearing a really expensive suit with oiled hair and an elegant moustache. And the other Mac says, Stop that, you fool. I am the original. Look at your clothes. You look like an extra in a bad movie. The real Max has only ever been an extra in a bad movie. Ah, in your world, yes. But in my world, we became a successful actor. Can't you see? Where are we? We're here on the great stage, ready to make our greatest performance. But look at you. No one would want you in front of a camera, not with a face like that. Tell me about this great stage. What do you mean? What performance? I don't think that face deserves to be seen by anyone, let alone a camera. I think I'm going to tear that face off. And he lunges at you. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I want to reach for my shotgun. Excellent. Well, you reach for your shotgun and you pull it up and... Just make a make a roll. A shotgun roll? Yeah. <laughs> Am I at point blank range? Actually, you know what? You, yeah, well, you know what? Let's make a dexterity roll. An opposed dexterity roll against yourself. See whether you can go first. Wow, look at that extreme. So you're at point blank range. This Max spent too much time acting, not enough time <laughs> fighting. Like You're at point blank range as he comes lunging towards you, so you get a bonus dice. And I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> to fail how did you manage that i don't know you could fire twice at him without penalty so you can fire so the first one misses and 
maybe as you're pulling up the shotgun, the first one goes off prematurely, as it were, and thuds into the ground, and then you level it at his chin, and you pull the trigger, and you just blow the top of his head off. It's just yeah. underneath his chin, and his brains go everywhere. And as he staggers backwards, he's still somehow alive, and he says, That's better, Max. Now we look the same. And then he falls back dead to the ground. I instinctively reach for my jaw. Is the, do I feel my jaw? You're fine. You're fine. I think it was just a joke of his as he was okay. dying. Well, I don't know that for sure. I want to reload because I'm sure that he's probably not the only one. And Katorian, you've been running and running and running. And when you stop running, you realize you're, you've ended up in a small clearing and there's a woman in, in rags with two small children. And she looks up at you and she says, Katorian. You left us to die. How could you? And the two children look up as well, and you realize that all three of them have got the pallor of the grave. And it's your ex-wife from Armenia. When the Turks came when I was chopping wood, I didn't hear them until I saw them go in the house. And at that point, there was nothing I can do. You were doomed, and I couldn't save you. And there was just nothing I can do. And I saw little Minas's face and, and I couldn't face it and I ran. And then your son Minas looks up into his mother's face and says, Mama, I thought daddy was meant to protect us. There was nothing I could do. Believe me, there was nothing I could do. It's almost like they're being drawn away on an invisible train as they just kind of recede into the background and then they disappear into the fog forever for the last time. And then the horrific reality comes crashing down on you that you abandoned your children, you abandoned your wife, and you fled, and, and everything since then has been shaped by this act. And you run screaming into the woods. It's thank you time again. And as usual, I wanted to thank all of our backers at all levels. We can't do the show without you. Well, we could, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as good because with your support and help, we can do all of the extra things that we want to do. I also want to thank all the players who I realized I haven't really been thanking in our thanks section. So thank you to all the players. I love you all dearly. And I hope that we can continue doing Grizzly Peaks far, far into the future until we're old and grey and can't remember what happened in the last session. Actually, I think that kind of applies to me already. But for the rest of you, you'll get there soon. Don't worry. And if you do like our show, which I assume you are if you've listened all the way to the end, then do come and join the fun at patreon.com forward slash Grizzly Peaks. Look forward to seeing you there. And yet again, we have another new member of our Patreon this week. Extra special thanks goes out to Carlos Baye. I hope I've pronounced your name right. Carlos, thank you so much for joining the crew. You have, of course, joined at the grizzled patron level, which means you get exclusive access to the Patreon-only episodes. And there have been some pretty fun ones recently. We're very shortly going to be putting up the rest of the hive of the Overmind. We did release the first episode to everyone, just to give you a taster. And if you liked it, well, you need to join the Patreon to hear the rest of it. So thanks very much to Carlos, and hope to see you on the Discord.